0: Om. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahana Punaktu Sah Viryam Karavahai
1: Tejasvinavati
0: Tamastama Vishavahai Om Shanti Shanti Any questions from anyone? Last few classes. Any general questions? Any questions relating to the text? Okay. So the whole exercise of the scriptures, what's what's the idea? Why do we read the scriptures? What how does it help us? Knowledge.
1: Keep us focused. On what? Remembering the self.
0: Remembering the self.
1: Keeping up on the spiritual path.
0: Okay. Any other inputs? Guidance. Guidance? Guidance? Towards okay. seeking the higher form and questioning yourself. Okay. Whole of, the whole exercise of the scriptures is to help you you're right. To help you shift your focus. From this mundane world to the higher. What is the higher? (coughs) The reality, the spirit, what we call God. So the scriptures allows you to do that. You see, it's very difficult in everyday life to think of the higher. Because we're so caught up in this samsara, this terrestrial attachment. It's very difficult. We can't think of it. But by studying this higher knowledge just for a few moments your thoughts go on to something beyond your body your mind your intellect beyond this world you are able to think about what is this god you get just a glimpse of this reality you do if you focus you do regular study you will get the glimpse of this reality so these scriptures allow you to do this this is the path only the knowledge of self will help liberate you from this terrestrial entanglement samsara all other religious practices alone will not liberate you yeah remember we, we said everything that you've done so far has brought you to this stage Now you need the knowledge to keep moving forward in your spiritual path. So, what's Sankara saying? Do not get duped by acquisition and enjoyment. There is a higher goal in life. And this is what he's talking about in these 31 verses. So, let's start with verse 25. Satro Mitre putre bandhav, ma yatnam vigrahasando. Servus mina peepas yet putre bandhav, ma yatnam vigrahasando. Servus mina Do not get involved in antagonizing or allying with enemy, friend, relative, or son. See the self in everything, everywhere. Cast away ignorance, causing diversity. So this verse, what's it saying? What's this verse saying? Get involved with things you have no control over. Okay. Agitated by external forces. Okay. You're not
1: 100, percent but ballpark. Don't get involved. Like uh, Maya.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's attachment.
1: Involved, but, um, attachment. Attachment.
0: Attachment. Okay. Any
1: other? Okay. The higher. So if you you don't focus on anybody's body, mind and intellect, if you can focus on their self, then you won't be affected by things that they might say or do.
0: Correct. This verse, if everyone understands, there would be no problems in your relating with anyone or everyone in this world. (coughs) He says that instead of seeing everyone as this physical body, the mind, the intellect, learn to understand and see the self in everyone. That spirit. Shilpa, you're new here. A human being made, is made up of the physical body you see in the mirror, the mind with emotions and intellect, which thinks. And what we say is that the self, the spirit, Atman, is the illuminating factor, that is what enables you to function, that spirit. Like how electricity makes these lights function, without electricity there would be no light. Similarly, without the Atman within you, there would be no Shilpa. So when we say, learn to recognize the self in everyone, meaning, learn to recognize the spirit in everyone, the Atman, then where's the problem? it's the body mind and intellect that makes everyone different from each other isn't it mm-hmm. and due to our ignorance lack of knowledge we see only the body mind and intellect because we don't have knowledge of the self of atman and we then decide we don't like this person we don't like you know we don't like him we don't like her shankara says in this verse learn to see the self in everyone which is the same in all, then there will be no diversity, meaning no difference between two people. Whatever's making me function is making this person function. If you identify with that, then where's the problem? You have a problem with that person, you have a problem with yourself. Isn't it? Where's the issues? There's no difference between two people. Even your enemy or someone you don't like, if you learn to see the self in them, Then where's the problem? Everyone is the same as you. By gaining the knowledge of self, there is no diversity difference between you and everyone else. See what happens when you when you practice this. What happens to you? What does it do to you? Less stressed. Less
1: stressed.
0: Makes Makes you humble. Anyone else? What is it? By practicing this, what, what happens to you? Say humble, yep, you're right. Less stress.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you shouldn't be stressed by other people's actions.
1: Make you happier.
0: Make you happier. Um,
1: See, affected.
0: Not affected. Mm-hmm. You're all right. It creates a feeling of oneness, love for all mankind. Ultimately, you're all right. But from looking from the, from the absolute point of view, it creates love for all mankind. And when you have love for all mankind, your mind stays calm, no stress. You're not affected by others' actions. You start loving your mother-in-law, your manager, your boss, everyone. So where's the problem? We're, what we're doing in the last five, six, um, seven verses is teaching us how to see the world where you're not affected by it. Only then you can reach the goal, which we're going to cover today. Yeah? So these are all preliminary exercises. Anything that agitates you in the world causes a problem for you to reach that end goal. So we're covering each of those things. So the first thing we're covering is other people. Why do they agitate me? Why am I upset about this person telling me this, that? So, the first thing to do is see everyone as the self within you, as the same self in them. Then there's no problems. So now, that side is cleared. Okay? So now we deal with the next one. Doesn't, is that clear? It's huh? <laughs> Sorry? It's the practice? Oh, yeah. Well, this is the theory. Practice is down to you. But if you don't know the theory, then how are you going to practice it? Baby steps. Verse 26. Kamam krodam lobam moham tjakfamanam pasyati soham atmarjnana vihina mudaste PACHYANTE narakani gudaha kamam krodam lobam moham tyatva manam pasyati soham Atma adjnana vihinam udaste pachyante naragani gudaha Having transcended desire, anger, greed and delusion, one sees the self as he am I. Fools lack self knowledge. They are tortured as captives in hell. Okay, so is, there's two, two, two parts to this verse. One who follows this path, learns this knowledge of the self, Atman, and one who doesn't. So, what did we say is between us, a human being, and God? What is the barrier? What separates us from our Godhood? Desires. Desires. So here he says the ignorant, a person without knowledge of the self, gets involved in the world. Okay, Involved with their body, mind, intellect, perceptions, emotions, thoughts. This is the world. We contact the world with our body, mind and intellect. And we get perceptions, emotions and thoughts. This is... Causes them to suffering and sorrow. Why does it make them suffer? We contact the world. It says you suffer. It's full of sorrow. Why? You can't,
1: get
0: you can't fulfill your desire. Absolutely. So, a person is basing their happiness in fulfilling desires. If I get this, I'll be happy. If I marry this person, I'll be happy. If I get this car, I'll be happy. When a desire is fulfilled, they are temporary happy. When not, you're unhappy. And you continue like this all your life, isn't it? If we evaluate our lives. This is how our lives function. Fulfill our desire, we get, we'll find temporary happiness. It doesn't get fulfilled, we get frustrated. Someone says something nasty to you. You're offended and unhappy. Why do you say that? Someone says something nice. Oh, you look good. I think you lost weight. You're happy. Why are you affected by this? So you go through heaven and hell, which is states of mind. We go through these fluctuations in life. One minute we're happy, one minute we're unhappy. They say in the scriptures, this is heaven and hell. When your mind is calm, you say it's heaven. When your mind is unsettled, agitated, you say it's hell. This is what they mean, even in in the, um, the Bible. When they say heaven and hell, this is exactly what they mean. Agitations, no agitations. John Milton, great poet, English poet, says that the mind by itself can make heaven out of hell and the hell out of heaven. This is the mind. So it's up to you. So desires, if fed, turns into greed. Anger. And delusion greed because you want more you you want uh, you're worried about other people taking it from you anger because if someone does try to take it from you you get angry delusion meaning you lose sense of reality this is what desires do so if you want to reach the self you need to what we do desire. your desires we've, we've been saying that from day one we have to reduce your desires when you reduce your desires you be, you get calm and composed mind you need that to reach the self and the last 30 or first we're going to see how to reach that goal so this is preparation so you need a composed and calm mind to reach the self so desires agitate you so you need to reduce your desires yeah this is all preparation see the problem is Why we're fulfilling desires is we don't know who we are. What our true value, our true worth is. Ultimately, we are God. God is within us. We are God. But we're forgotten. We don't don't realize that. So what happens? This creates like a vacuum within us. and you're trying to fill this void in this world by fulfilling desires this is what we're doing if you think about it we've created a, vacuum, a void in within us because we don't know our true personality our true personality according to the scriptures is we are puripurna we are full fulfilled happy all the time no matter what but we've forgotten that and this has created a vacuum within us and we're we're going to the world to fulfill that vacuum but it's difficult it's like a round hole and you're trying to put a square block in there it's not gonna work it's temporary if you're trying to fulfill desires with possessions you'll never fill that void you'll always feel incomplete and if you, if you examine your life you can never say I am happy right now Um, You can never say, I'm happy. I'll be permanently happy. You'll always say, I'm happy right now. But tomorrow something changes, you'll automatically, you forget that you were happy yesterday. True or not? Something else happens, you're unhappy. So this is what the problem is. You'll never feel complete. You'll always feel incomplete. So to get to the self, we need to rise above desires. Only the knowledge of your true identity and become reunited with your true personality, will bring you the happiness you're looking for, true happiness. Is that clear? So see the self in everyone. No, no arguments. Start. Try to reduce the desires, and I'm going to show you how. We're preparing the mind for that final stage, which comes in verse 30. Verse 27. <laughs> <laughs> Geyam-gītana-māsā-hasram deyayam-srīpati-rūpam-jasram neyam sajana sanjē chittam deyam-dhinajana-yāca-vittam Geyam-gītana-māsā-hasram Deyayam Pati Rupa Majasram Neyam sanje Chittam Deyam Dhinajanaya Bhagavad Gita and Sahasranama should be chanted. Form of the Lord of Lakshmi always meditated upon. The mind associated with the good and wealth given to the needy. so exercises to perform to purify our minds and reduce our desires we've already covered this so this now he's is basically concluding now you know what we've covered everything so you know a bit earlier on learn higher knowledge by studying the scriptures example gita live by those values that you have learned this will purify the intellect so he's gonna Give you you exercises for the body, the mind and intellect to how to purify it. So for the intellect, learn higher knowledge. Example, Gita or any higher knowledge. Let the mind be devoted to God, meaning, as we said, to the higher entity. This is for the mind. I don't understand how this world functions, how all the laws are maintained perfectly. I'm grateful for everything that has been provided to me. The life i am living compared to others i'm so privileged to this entity which we call god i surrender bow down to so this is devotion to the higher so and learn study the higher knowledge for the intellect and bow down to that entity which has given you this life that's devotion for the mind So he says, let the mind feel what the intellect understands. In other words, here you're studying this knowledge of the self, yeah? Atman, Brahman, God. You're using the intellect to think about these things here. Okay, we're using our intellect, we're thinking. This gives you an understanding of that higher, the unknown. So now when you pray, you're able to concentrate more. Feel what the intellect understands. Before when you pray, You may not understand why you're praying what you're praying for how you're praying you know you've learned somewhere and you're doing it but you don't know what the goal is now the intellect understands why i'm praying where it's going to get me so therefore can you imagine what that prayer how much more weight that prayer will have how much more meaning that prayer will have the intellect understands what you're doing and the and you're now devoted can you imagine what deeper state you can get to that's what he's saying the head And the heart has to be together. So you're able to concentrate more. Feel what the intellect understands. Have a deeper experience. There's a unity between the head and the heart. This will help you grow spiritually. Now, with the merger of the intellect and mind, okay, okay, The body must mix with good company, do good actions, meaning unselfish actions, like helping others, sharing what you have with people who are less fortunate than you. Not only wealth, but emotions, knowledge, charity. By doing these disciplines, you purify your body, your mind, and your intellect. Your whole personality gets purified. Therefore, you reduce your desires and you grow spiritually. Now, this is all going to culminate in verse 30, how this is all going to happen. So this is telling you how to do all these things externally, for the body, the mind, intellect. Yeah. And we'll see what happens, why he's saying this. Verse 28. Sukhata kriyate rama bhoga. PASCHADANTA danta, sarire roga. Yet Yapilo came marenam, saranam. Tadapina papa, charanam. Sukata create Rama boga. Pascha danta, sarire roga. Yet Yapilo came marenam, saranam. Papa Charanam One happily takes to carnal pleasure. Alas, later on the body becomes diseased. Although death is the end of the world, end in the world, even then one does not leave his sinful ways. So now we're coming to the end of the verses, and he reiterates on the craving for wealth and enjoyment which we covered in the first few verses. Ganchana and Kamani Wealth and enjoyment In the next verse he talks about um, sorry In the next verse and this verse he talks about sensual pleasures and the accumulation of wealth here he says Be careful of craving for carnal pleasures, bodily pleasures, meaning meaning sexual pleasures. If you indulge in this, it can lead to physical disease and suffering. This way of living is sinful. Once again, what he means by sinful is it will lead you to mental agitations, causing suffering. Now, you have to understand he's talking about just general... um, Sensual pleasures, yeah, and it's the uh, indulgence is the key word here. They're not saying don't enjoy pleasure It's saying when you indulge that's the problem So besides talking about pleasures of the flesh he's also talking about any craving for instance pleasure any pleasures That won't help you he's saying because it creates more desires Yeah Any craving for any instant pleasures will not help you. We are learning to reduce our desires. Say, so saying, don't crave. So I don't want to misunderstand this verse. He's talking about one who indulges, craves for sensual pleasure. Per se, there is nothing wrong with sensual pleasures. We have five sense organs to contact the world and enjoy. Ears for listening, nose for smell, eyes for seeing, touch and taste. We're equipped, and the world is a beautiful place. But it's a craving. We're now reaching, we want to reach a different goal. So he's telling us how to do that. Per se, there is nothing wrong with sensual pleasures, but one must regulate their contact with knowledge and understanding. Do whatever you want to do. Enjoy yourself, but have an understanding behind it. What am I doing? Why am I doing? What's my goal? Only as humans, we have the ability to raise ourselves to the higher. Nobody else can do that. Only us as a human being. We've taken this form. We have the gateway to reach our goal. Any questions so far? It's a lot to take in today, actually. But we're finishing the verses. But it will all culminate at the end, and you'll see then if there's any any clarification we can take that up so once again we're learning how to purify our personality so we can reach our goal verse 29 now he talks about wealth which we've already covered by the way Nasty tataha succalesa satyam. Putra da pidana bajam bitti. Salva vihita ritti. Atamanatam bavaya nitiam. Nasty tataha succalesa satyam. Putra pidana bajam bitti. Wealth is calamitous. Reflect all the time. Truly, there is not the least happiness from it. The wealthy fear even the sun. This is how it is ordained everywhere. So he's talking about wealth. You know, we say money is the root of all evil. This is what he's talking about. Doesn't mean you don't earn money. Yeah, we've covered this before. No one saying don't earn money. What it means is, if you don't have the right contact with money, it can cause bitterness in families, with friends. Causing, once again, mental suffering. We're trying to avoid mental suffering here. All sorts of negative impact if we don't contact wealth correctly. So what does he mean by this? Not contacting wealth. Properly. We've covered this before. What is right contact with wealth? All of us chase wealth. The whole world chases wealth. It blinded, wealth? blinded? Blinded by wealth. Blinded by wealth. Yeah. So we're all chasing wealth. Why are we chasing wealth? We think it makes sense. What can you do with wealth? Hmm?
1: For exchange. Worldly pleasures.
0: Worldly pleasures. Mm-hmm. How? By
1: spending the wealth.
0: Okay, Spending the wealth. We think we can get worldly pleasures. Willa? Mm-hmm. you're exchange. saying? Yeah. Exchange. for?
1: For something else. Like happiness.
0: <laughs> yeah, as we said. Wealth, per se, cannot bring you happiness. You have to exchange it for something. You have a million pounds under your bed, that's not going to do anything for you. Only if you exchange wealth for something, that something can bring you happiness, or temporary happiness. What is that something? What we said in the last verse, we covered it. What can you exchange it for? Pleasures. Pleasures. Something that will sound good. Something that will smell good, something that will taste good, something that you can touch. That's all you can change it for. Sense objects. These are our five senses. We contact the world. So we can exchange wealth for sense objects. And that's it. Nothing else. So he's saying, if you have the right contact, right understanding, then there's nothing wrong with wealth. It's when we have that misunderstanding. This is the problem. It causes you issues with the family, bitterness, everything, because of wrong contact, causing mental suffering. So he compares wealth to electricity. Okay. If you contact electricity properly, it is of great use in one's life, correct? We can't live without electricity. Can you imagine your life without electricity? No baking? <laughs> Powers everything. But wrong relationship, what can it do?
1: Cause a fire.
0: <laughs> it can kill you. Yeah. Can it? It can kill you. Wrong wrong relationship, electricity can kill you. So he's saying wealth is the same. Right contact, right relationship, it serves you well. Wrong contact, it can even kill you. You can give hundreds of examples where people have died because of wealth, isn't it? So they're not wrong. He said this in 788, when they didn't have wealth like we do. <laughs> but it can kill you. People kill for wealth. So it's just like electricity, you see.
1: There's an aspect, isn't there? That, um, like, uh, you kind of think, it brings the comfort of having a roof over your head food on the table, and clothes to wear and if people don't have those basic needs because when we're thinking of needs there are basic needs and then there are needs that are just ludicrous but if you haven't got your basic needs met you're going to focus on that more aren't you absolutely and i think that's why Mm. it's all well when you've got almost everything to sit and say it's not important but for those who have to work for their next meal, they would say, well, I'm sorry, but wealth is really important to me because I can't feed my children.
0: I think in this room, we're all okay.
1: We are, I'm (laughs) just saying like, if we're thinking this knowledge is for everybody, I question that because there are people whose basic needs are not
0: met. Absolutely. He's saying right contact with wealth, not running after wealth. This is what he's talking about. If you have the right contact, it serves you well. Okay? Of course, we need food for the table. We need you know, a roof over our head. These are the basics. And we all need that. In order to get to the next level, we have to be comfortable. Everyone here is reasonably comfortable. Therefore, you can look at, you can understand from what he's saying and are able to Go to the next stage, yeah, if you didn't have any food, you didn't have any roof clothes you wouldn't be sitting here, okay, so he 's talking about people who are comfortable here who have you know we have to identify with this in our situation we 're all reasonably comfortable we can now think about wealth in a particular way and move to the next level. this is Doesn't what he's talking about
1: divide man made because wealth is not. Um equal is it because some people are so rich and so greedy and they're not willing to share it. And for India there's so many millionaires and billionaires that they can share it.
0: But for sharing you need to for sharing you need the right values of life.
1: So it is I think man made that divide.
0: Absolutely. But we're looking to go beyond that. Mm. Forget wealth. Give it the right value. What is your goal in life? It's not wealth. It's not gonna bring you happiness, as we've just said. We need to look at the next level. This is what we're, we're talking about here. Since all our lives we are chasing wealth. Why do we chase wealth? Because we think it can buy us permanent happiness. We already said if it did buy us permanent happiness, the richest people in the world would be the happiest, and they're not. Yeah. They're not happy. They always want something more, something else. Can only it can't buy us love. Wealth can't buy us love. Can't buy us knowledge. Can't buy us true happiness. We have covered this earlier in the first few verses. Now we've got the podcast you can all have a listen to it again if you want to hear it again. So you're saying have the right contact with wealth. It can't buy you what you think it can buy you. It's all temporary. He says the desire for money is painful because the desire will never be fulfilled. You'll always want more. No matter how much money you get, you will never be satisfied. Never be satisfied. In fact, even after getting money, the problems are still there. You're worried about spending it, worried about others taking it. He says the wealthy even fear their own son. that he might take it from me. Insecurity. Jay. <laughs> so learn the right relationship with wealth. You're right, we need wealth to live. But think a little. Don't keep chasing and craving for wealth. One, you're... The thing is, without knowledge, you're chasing wealth because you think you'll find buy your happiness. We're now saying it doesn't buy your happiness. When you're chasing wealth, you're increasing your desires, which it goes against what we're trying to achieve here. Yeah? So what's the point? By studying the higher knowledge and understanding your purpose in life, it will help you put wealth in perspective. All you need is higher knowledge. You know, when we said as a kid, you have toys. When you take up a bicycle, the toys drop away. Similarly, as you grow older, those toys are now name, fame, power, wealth. These are just toys. Okay? As you take up something higher, those will drop away. What is the higher? Our true purpose in life. Understanding what our purpose is. Understanding that that is the only thing that's going to give me permanent happiness. As a human being, that's my goal. So that, when you start pursuing wealth and name and fame, etc., takes a back seat. Because you put value to something more higher. Try it. Okay. Verse 30. Pranayam pratyaharam Nitya nitya viveka vicharam Japya samitā samadhividām kurvavadāmanam mahadhattvadanam prāṇāyāmam pratyahāram nitya nitya viveka vichāram Japya samitā samadhividām kurvavadānam mahadhavadānam Regulation of prāṇas life activities Withdrawal from sense activity. Focus on distinction between eternal and epiphemeral. Practice of chanting and silencing the mind. These perform with care, with great care. So what's he doing now? He's giving us the... huh? Summarizing. Summarizing. Okay, until now he's given us exercises for external, for the body... The mind the intellect external exercises what to do now he's giving us internal exercises how we should be within ourselves okay see for example we hear something it's not the ear that makes you hear it's something inside that makes you hear you cut the ear off you can still hear correct it's the sense where the ear connects to the senses inside your head is the true ear of the ear, as they say. It's not this fleshy bit. So now he's talking about how you should be within, how you should be internally. The exercises, disciplines for that. And he gives you the formula to self realization. So until now, external physical exercises for the body, mind, and intellect. How one should behave in the world. Like mixed with good people, mind devoted to the higher, intellect on higher knowledge. We covered that a couple of verses ago, yeah? External exercises. Now he talks about internal spiritual exercises. Pranayama. This means control your life's activity at all three levels. Physical, mental, intellectual. So at the physical level, what should your attitude be in the world? How should your attitude be towards the world internally? Detached. Detached, perfect, yeah. Attitude of unselfishness. The guide to, to see if you are growing spiritually, one marker is how unselfish you are becoming. The more unselfish you are becoming, that is a sign of you growing spiritually. Because all of us are selfish. We're born selfish. So the, the marker is the more unselfish you become, the more spiritually you're becoming. The attitude of giving, not taking. Attitude of serving. Unselfish attitude. How can I give rather than how can I get? This should be your general attitude too internally, this is how I should feel you may not give because you think he's not deserving that's different Okay, you may use your intellect to understand I'm not going to give this person he's going to spend it on drugs or whatever that's an internal exercise but the attitude is I'd like to give but he's not deserving or this cause isn't deserving yeah? but your general attitude is how can I serve how can I give we'll understand why in a second why you need to have this attitude at the mind level self-control feeling of dispassion as as Rishi said not getting involved detached now being dispassionate does not mean don't be interested in life don't be interested in your family you know people just sell everything goodbye I'm going I'm gonna Sit in the Himalayas now. He doesn't mean that. Internally, dispassion. Be cool. Calm. Collective in all situations. Don't lose your temper. When you lose your temper, you lose control of your personality. You have no control of your personality. So this is how you should be at the mental level. All these exercises you need to practice. Yeah? And in order to practice, you need this knowledge and then an understanding, and awareness, and then you will behave in this way. At the intellectual level, be objective. Meaning, what's objectivity? Deepa, question. question everything. Keeping the mind under the supervision of the intellect. Objectivity is not letting the mind function on its own, but keeping it under control by the intellect. No, I'm not going to cross the road right now. Bus is coming, I'm gonna wait. No, I'm not gonna make that decision right now. I've had a few drinks. <laughs> Let me think about it in the morning. Yeah. Be objective. Keep the mind under the supervision of the intellect. For this, you need to develop the intellect. This is what we're doing here. The whole exercise, everything, is to actually to keep, keep the mind in the control, because it's the mind that is the kid, the monkey. So we need the intellect, because the mind wants instant pleasures. So all these exercises really to control the mind. Nitya anitya vivek vichara. Think about what is real and what is unreal. Accept what is real, permanent, and discard what is unreal, impermanent. For this, you need to read the scriptures, which is what we're doing. The scriptures talks about what's real and unreal. What is real? From an ultimate perspective, what is real? That's the reality. isn't it? <laughs> The self is real. We pray every morning to God. We, why? We wouldn't pray to God if it, God wasn't real. You Okay. According to the scriptures, we're not gonna this is like big big topic. We're just gonna touch upon it. We're saying the self is real. What is unreal? In the scripture it says anything that is changing is unreal. Anything that is changing is unreal. That's just about you think it's just about everything. Everything changes. You have to think about this. It's yeah. another class in itself, huh? Yeah, you're, you're changing. Your body's changing. So, so what does that mean? Um, that's unreal. The <laughs> atman <laughs> So what's real within you? The atman. The soul. And what's unreal? Everything. Physical. Nice. Your physical. And what are we catering to? <laughs> physical. Physical. The do mind. The country, we're cut, we're... <laughs> <laughs> We're catering to everything that's unreal <laughs> and we're learning here how to cater to the real. Isn't it? So you said it, not me, yeah? <laughs> that's good. But it's the unreal that makes us think that everything is real, isn't
1: it? I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> the world! No, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah. The world, we might sit here for this hour and a half and think, no, everything is unreal. That world is still going on around us, and we see it, and feel it, and we can't, we can't remove ourselves from it. We're surrounded by it continuously, mm-hmm. night and day.
0: That's why he's saying samsara is difficult to get out of. It's not easy. If was easy, then we wouldn't have to come here Sunday morning.
1: Yeah.
0: This illusion is hard to get out of, this maya.
1: That illusion is also part of Brahman, isn't it? Is absolutely, absolutely. It's created in his vision.
0: But we want to get to the reality, not in the vision. We don't want to stay in his vision. We want to stay with him. We want to become one with him. That's I understand. the
1: goal. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not
0: easy. No, but for the benefit of others, I'm clarifying. I'm <laughs> Take control of your life, how you eat, how you talk, how you walk, meaning how you conduct yourself in the world. In other words, discipline your life. These are all exercises, yeah? So, by practicing these three internal and external disciplines, the three external was given earlier and now is given the three internal. By practicing these three disciplines, which we call the three yogas, Karma, bhakti, jnana, what happens? What happens? What is our goal? What's in the way?
1: Desire.
0: What does the free yogas do?
1: Desire.
0: There you go. You don't need me to teach you. Now you already know. <laughs> it gets rid of the bulk of your desires. By practicing those three things, external and internal disciplines, it gets rid of the bulk of your desires. It reduces one's ego, quietens the mind by offloading expectations and other mental baggage. As a result, you become calm and composed, enabling you to handle life's challenges with dignity, poise and ease. So we're talking about three yogas. Karma yoga, service, attitude of self service; Bhakti yoga, devotion to the higher, we've discussed. Jnana yoga, knowledge, what we're studying here. So it said, when you do these things, three things, it reduces your desires, detachment. This leads to withdrawal from the world. Mentally, not physically. Mentally, you withdraw from the world. When you mentally withdraw from the world, you're able to concentrate more on this subject, on the higher. It frees your mind because you're now not thinking of desires, money, wealth, attachment. Your mind is now freer. So you're able to concentrate more. Only when you can concentrate, you can do meditation. When you do meditation, it takes you to that goal. Is everyone clear on this diagram? Because I'm gonna explain it in a minute. Free yoga reduces desires. When you reduce your desires, you withdraw from the world mentally. This frees your mental capacity to be able to concentrate. When you concentrate, You can meditate your mind's not running around everywhere i need to do this i need that i have to fill i have to get this that the other so your mind becomes withdrawn from the world why because you don't have many desires to fulfill now your goal is something different now you have a higher goal i want to reach the higher i want to reach my the goal as i am a human being i want to reach that state all these great souls have reached that state in the past christ krishna Buddha, so many saints. All the Upanishads are accounts of self-realized souls. Your now goal is to reach that state. You're free to concentrate. Your mind is not wandering everywhere. Then you can go into meditation. You go into meditation, you only have a few desires left now. One is for self-realization. Meditation, you chant. Om, Om, Om. There's a method on meditation, which is described in the scriptures. By doing this, you reach a meditative state. Eventually, you reach the silence of self-realization. This is the path. This is what it's showing in the scriptures, how to get there. If your mind is not prepared properly, then it becomes difficult to meditate. Questions? So we talk about self-realization throughout classes. It's actually breaking it down for you. <coughs> what it is, how to get there. So what happens when you reach self-realization, do you think? I mean, I don't know that, but I'm just exploring. What What do you think? What, what do you reckon happens? Huh? When you say when you reach self-realization in this life, if you relinquish all your desires, and you, you've got no goals, so it's quite difficult to sort of say when what state you're in there. We wouldn't know, because only a person who reaches that state will know. But from past self-realized souls, which we have, well, we've studied, nothing actually changes. You're still the same person. Yeah. You know how we said, from the dream you wake up in the waking world. From the dream state, you wake up, you wake up in the waking world, you understand that was a dream. Similarly, when you reach that fourth state, you understand this waking world is also like a dream. Are you affected when you wake up or what happened in the dream? You understand? That was just a dream. Similarly, you're not affected by anything that happens in the world. Now the theory is you relinquish all your past desires, all the desires that are left when you when we go through a cycle of birth and death. So you take a new birth because you still have desires waiting, yeah, for the next lifetime, and you're creating more desires in this lifetime. They're all waiting to be spent. When you reach this state, it says you get rid of all of them. There is also a diagram for that, but I'm not going to cover that today. But it gets rid of all your desires. You reach that state where you've broken that uh, cycle of birth and death. That's what they say. So now meditation is done by everybody. Everywhere you can go around here, meditation. I'm sure there might be a meditation class in the center as well. If the mind is not prepared properly, it becomes difficult to meditate. Meditation is a big thing, but it's used for temporary calmness from the stresses of life. It's not used for its true purpose, which is described here. Yeah, so don't think, you know, that all these meditation, these guys are trying to become self-realized. It's not, it's just for like a temporary calmness, temporary solution to your stresses of the day. You know, nothing wrong with it, but what we're talking about here is a different kind of meditation. It's a meditation to take you to the final stages of your life. And for that, you need to go through this process. bin as you said, it's great, but we have to practice it. Absolutely right. But until now, you didn't know what to practice. <laughs> now you have the knowledge of what to practice and how to get there. Any questions? Verse 31. Guru-charanam samsarada chidharbhava devam drakshyasi nirjadayastham devam GURU CHARANAM BUJA NIRBARA SAMSARA TACHIRADBA VA MUKTAHA SENDRIYA DEVAM DRAKSHYASI NIRJADAYASTAM DEVAM Surrendering to the lotus feet of the Guru, the devotee soon becomes liberated from samsara, terrestrial entanglement. Thus, Through the control of senses and mind, you will behold the Lord seated in your heart. So, what is Guru? Guides you. Guides you absolutely. Surrender to the Guru. Guru could mean any person or scriptures that enable you to remove your ignorance, gives you knowledge of the reality. Doesn't have to be a physical person. Anything that gives you knowledge of the higher, any scriptures, any saint, be devoted to the guru or the source of the knowledge. Example, if you are reading the Gita, you may be devoted to Krishna. Krishna is my guru. He wrote the Gita. or It's his message. So I'm devoted to Krishna. Remember, heart and head together. But he also says, just doing this will not take you anywhere. You have to put in self-effort as well, just that devotion, here's my Guru, I'm devoted to him, will not take you there, you have to put in your own efforts, sure, the Guru's there to guide you, the Guru's there with higher knowledge, but that knowledge is no good unless you use it to some use and practice it yourself, you have to put in that effort yourself, every person has to carry their own weight, it's your own desires, You have to put in your own self-effort. What is this effort? Yeah. What is the self-effort we're talking about here? Three yogas. Starting by controlling your senses, your mind, by developing the intellect, then you can start practicing these things. So the effort you can put in while there is no class next two weeks is dedicate your time in studying the verses, thinking about it, Remember, it's not the length, but the depth of study. Take a couple of verses. Think about it. What is it saying? Read the commentary. You can now even listen to podcast explanation. Each one of us has the potential to realize the self within. Gain deep inner peace, clarity and contentment in life. But the only thing stopping us is ourselves. Now you know. Any questions? The last one on the, the guru, obviously, for you to decide the guru, when you go back to recognizing mm-hmm. if real or whether you're on the wrong path, would you not? And you see. You're using you using to decide that guru, you would then question yourself using your intellect. Right? Absolutely. Before you go down. Anyone that dispels your ignorance is a guru. You'll know yourself if you're growing spiritually, if you're developing. And as I said, only you need the, you need knowledge to understand to be able to develop. If you're just devoted to a guru without any understanding, that isn't that's not going to help you. You have to put in your own effort. How did the guru become a guru? For his own effort he studied scriptures and became knowledgeable and only then he's able to teach others nothing's stopping you there's no difference between you and him you just have to put the same effort in we all have the potential we all made up made up of the same stuff It's within us. Before you talked about um, unselfish acts and you said selfless, unselfish, unselfish, Um, what's the difference between the three? (laughs) That's a really good question. I've not covered selfless in this class yet. It's good that you picked it up because we have a little bit of time so I can explain today. Okay, what's unselfish action?
1: something
0: without expecting anything in return? absolutely unselfish action you're doing charity work you want to uh, help your neighbors etc it's unselfish yeah what's selfish you're only thinking of yourself yeah so when you're just thinking of your own fulfillment of desires what can i get out of it yeah that's selfish unselfish you're helping others yeah and your question is what's the difference in that and selfless correct okay. the difference is selfish desires and unselfish desires and they're both desires by the way creates more desires. you set up a charity you want to help people tomorrow he says okay I need to get more funds I need to make this charity bigger I need branches in all the countries in the world. I want to do this On You're unselfish, but you're still creating desires, even though they are unselfish desires. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. But you're creating desires. And what we've said is we have to reduce our desires. Selfish or unselfish. So what's selfless? What what does everyone think selfless desires are? Something that doesn't create a desire are absolutely selfless desire is a desire that you fulfil. That doesn't create further desires.:
1: know, section,
0: so. Absolutely. You know what they are? Just doing what you ought to do. Your teacher, teach, businessman, do business. Preacher, preach. That is what your vasanas, your desires are. If you just act based on your vastness, doing what you have to do in life. Everyone's made differently. Play your role. You know how Shakespeare said, as an actor on stage, he does his plays his role and gets out. Play your role in life. If you're housewife, be a housewife. Son, be a son. But just act without creating any further desires. Just do what you're to do. That's for another class. Selfless actions. But I wanted to clarify because Rishi asked. You are you are born with certain vashanas, correct? Certain desires. Your job is to exhaust them by doing selfless actions. And we'll define this more further down um, as we go, continue with these classes. Selfless actions creates no more desires. That's but that's your desire. Why would you want them to do really well if you teach at the best of your ability? It's down to their efforts
1: So it's not the question of um, it's You looking externally to see whether Effects. that person is having the effect that you want them to have the effect It's looking internally to see that's if answered. I'm doing the best that I can do the rest, you leave it to them.
0: It's that's unselfish desire. I suppose
1: if you did, think about something how you know, we're going to teach you. But we do. It's not the best. Okay. It's <laughs> the best. It's anything we do, we think, okay, what's well, because we're then ex- assessing the world, aren't we? So if you're doing that, you're then assessing what's going to happen. It's like then that's the desire. Him saying, if you're a mother, be a mother, right? But how do we define mm. how good a mother is? Because we're thinking if our child is unhappy, it's because of our parenting. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas we want our child to be happy 100% because we think that I'm, I'm the mother, that's what I want for my child, but that's still a desire.
0: We're not going to look further into this. <laughs> I'm only just. Does it's that answer your question? Like yeah. Yeah? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that aspect about wanting to do better, like for a charity, for example, wanting to grow a charity is really poignant, isn't it? Because if we want to expand the good work across the world.
0: So if you're doing that selflessly, not a problem. do things, like, mm-hmm. just to get and, yeah. no, no.
1: Mm.
0: Any other clarifications? Any other questions?
1: The topic about detaching you yourself from the world that's like how to go on. internally,
0: that? mentally, by understanding, by knowledge, understanding that everyone acts based on their desires, based on their vastness. I have no control over them. I only have control over my own desires, my own vastness. Cause and effect. Basically, understanding this subject, understanding the scriptures, which tells us how to live our life perfectly. If you understand that, then you will conduct your life accordingly. And you will be mentally detached. You won't be affected. As we said earlier, if somebody says something negative to you, why are you affected? You see the self in them, the self in me? That's his bad nature, bad vasanas. I'm glad I'm not like that. Don't be affected by it. Understand? He's acting based on his vastness. World is made of pairs of opposites. If there's good, there's bad. That understanding allows you to become detached from the world.
1: of understanding to embed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look. You don't yeah, need a lot of knowledge. Extension. Look, you only need a tiny drop of this knowledge and your life can change. It's your choice Up after that if you want to go further. But we're all looking for peace and happiness. A drop of this knowledge will give us that. At least that, it'll give us that. Then it's your job if you want to move further. But ultimately we're all looking for peace and happiness. This is a way of getting it. At least just go aim for that. You go home, you, you know your mother-in-law always tells you off and she's never happy. Now you understand why? It's created some sort of calm in you. I'm not going to be, be you know, catered to that. This is how she behaves, that's fine. That's her bad nature, bad fastness, cause and effect. I'm more huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can't change it. See, the, the problem is you're, tr- you're agitated because you're trying to change that person. But you know you can't change that person. They're acting based on their desires, their vasanas. I'm this is their nature. I won't get agitated. The person opposite will be a there's no Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. That's being detached, mentally. So, whenever we finish a text, we chant the first verse again. Because it's to signify that we haven't finished our study. We're just beginning now. Baja Govindam Baja Govindam Govindam Baja Mudamate Samprapte Sannite Kale Nahi Nahi Raksati Dukran karne